What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you guys for tuning in, as always. First things first, if you are a weekly listener, you know the drill. You've not done it yet, and if you have done it, I thank you, but I bet you you haven't done it yet. Go to patreon.com slash kind of neat and please help us keep the lights on and help us keep this passion project going by going to patreon.com slash kind of neat, pledging $1 per episode or $2 per episode if you're balling like that. And, uh, you know, on a good month, we release four episodes and that's $4 per month. That's way less than HBO now. That's way less than Netflix And it does so much for us. So helpful. So thank you to all of you who have pledged. And if you haven't yet, get off your butts, pause this episode, go there on your phone, be a nice person. This week we have on Alan Kingdom. Alan Kingdom from Minnesota, but a bit of a Midwestern traveler, I suppose. Man, kid is talented as fuck like i knew it the first time that i saw his video for evergreens i am wonderful i am wonderful that works for me he's just dope and he's a really really just nice dude good conversation this one felt good i mean dude the video he like literally one taked it i mean it was the performance was incredible and i think that uh you guys are gonna enjoy it also if you're just tuning in for the first time to hear alan kingdom on kind of neat Welcome. We appreciate you coming. If you don't want to hear me, a perfect stranger to you, talk for about 10 minutes, then start fast forwarding until you hear a beat. And when the beat starts, that's when the interview starts. For those of you that do like listening to me ramble, here we go. While we were talking in the studio to Alan and his manager off air, I kind of talk about this a little bit on the episode too, just about like, quote unquote, real hip hop fans. And I talk about this kind of I've talked about it like on podcasts with bus driver before. And it's just kind of a subject that really, it really irks me. Like people who are quote unquote real hip hop fans. And I've been seeing it a lot frequently. And I'm sure that some of you listening right now probably consider yourself quote unquote real hip hop fans. And I'm going to try to kind of talk you out of that mentality for the next few minutes in a, in an off the cuff rant. I see it a lot on Facebook, not as much on Twitter, because Twitter, I think, is a bit of a younger social media than Facebook is. But on Facebook, I always see these videos that go viral of people going like hip hop now versus hip hop then. And then the hip hop now part is like somebody just uh, rambling, I don't know, guttural noises uh, through auto tune over a beat in triplets. And that to them is supposed to imply that it's whack or like that's supposed to equate to like oh this music is shitty and then and then the the hip-hop then is like some dude spitting these you know quote-unquote intelligent bars with punchlines and and etc etc and they go viral and i always see my friends that are like my age in their mid-30s or early 30s posting these videos and going like lol so true and i'm just like Give me a fucking break. There's no validity to that whatsoever. And I think that it is a extremely biased opinion and it lacks a lot of insight and it lacks a lot of um, historical context. And honestly, I know I know that I talk about it all the time. And my girl that I the girl that I mentioned, I've been seeing my girl. I will refer to her as my girl. She was like, you you think too much about race. And, And it's probably true. I do. But, you know. 
as I've spoken about before, being like a white rapper and a white hip hop fan, I think about my place in that realm quite frequently. And so, um, I think it's kind of racist too. Like I think like harping on new hip hop is kind of this weird racist thing to do. And it's because hip hop and rap, whatever you want to refer to it as, like people talk about, Oh, there's real hip hop and there's rap. Like, no, that's just a made up thing. Like somebody just made that up. Like no one in 1979 or 1986 or whenever the fuck was going like, you know what? Hip hop is what you hip hop's what you live and rap is what you do. Like, nah, that's something that like somebody made up far after that Africa Bambata or fucking Kara's one or somebody, whatever. My point is rap music is a black youth music period. It is a music that was invented by black youth in the fucking late seventies, early eighties. And then now people who are going to try to like punk me and, and say like, well, there were white people involved back then too. Sure. There were sure. There were Puerto Ricans. Sure. There were fucking white people. Sure. There were Jewish kids. There were all types of people for certain, but it was a predominantly black art form. And to this day, the people that are progressing it the most are still black youth. And so, you know, what got me kind of thinking about this was like uh, Alan's manager was mentioning, yeah, people like act so weird about autotune sometimes. And like, I don't get it because like autotune sounds dope. And I'm like, yeah, autotune does sound dope. I don't understand how it became this like weird thing where like if you use autotune, it's not real all of a sudden. Because for one, as a rap listener, particularly if you're a fan and you're not somebody making it, who are you to say what is real and what is not for one for two what you deem to be real or pleasurable is merely because of your biases growing up like you you listened to a certain type of music that formed uh, an opinion in your head that made you decide this is how it is supposed to sound but guess what that's exactly how your fucking parents were about rock and roll music. Your parents thought the same thing about the music you listened to as a child. So when you were listening to your boom bap rap music when you were a kid in the 90s or whatever, or if you were listening to, you know, whatever you deem fucking real hip hop to be, that's the same thing that your parents thought when like Nirvana came around. They're like, this isn't rock music. Rock music is fucking, you know, sticks. <laughs> rock music is fucking uh, Bob Dylan or Neil Young or whatever and yo shout out bob dylan new young that's dope music but guess what fucking corn was dope too for a minute <laughs> nirvana's dope too but my point is 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 when you get when you start to get older and you have a developed idea about what music is then all of a sudden anything new that you don't instantly grasp or that is not instantly palatable to you it's very easy to write it off as whack it's very easy to write it off as this is some bullshit it's very easy to write it off as oh this doesn't take talent or this isn't art but i would argue and a lot of people would argue that as soon as something is deemed not art that almost instantly qualifies it as art. Anybody that says, oh, this is some bullshit. I could have done this. You know, the fact of the matter is you didn't do it. And since you didn't have that idea and you didn't make it happen, you are not the artist. And the person who made it is an artist. That might be a very convoluted argument, but I would say in my ideology, it rings true. So that being said, I would hope that as this channel progresses and I start recruiting and searching out newer, younger, fresher, more progressive artists that are doing weird shit because 
now the use of autotune is is whether you like it or not it is an experimental tool in rap music it allows people who might not naturally have great singing voices to to play more with melodies and do interesting things with melodies and if you don't think someone like thugger is doing amazing things with melody just because he's like uh use or like if you don't think he's using his voice as an instrument then you're just not listening right or you're not being open-minded enough because he's doing extremely innovative things with his voice that is no different than what jazz musicians were doing with their instruments you know in different times of music history so i would just hope that as we continue on with this podcast and with this youtube channel that um you stick to open-mindedness and don't become one of those fucking herbs on Facebook posting about real hip-hop versus fake hip-hop. Don't come on the YouTube channel talking about this is some bullshit, this isn't real hip-hop because I don't fuck with that and I'm the one doing all the work here. Like, you guys are just listening. That doesn't take any fucking work. I can appreciate progression and progression is forward movement and regardless of whether or not you like the forward movement or where the movement is headed that's all subjective what is objectively happening is that it is progressing it is moving forward to new places every single day and to only stick to listening to one type of rap music or one sound where it's it's a simple 4-4 beat at about you know between 85 and 90 beats per minute with someone rapping in uh, a cadence where they're where they're the rhyme scheme hits at the end of every bar on the three and the uh, or i mean on the one and the three or the two and the four or whatever if it were to stay stagnant and remain just that then hip-hop would be stagnant. It would not be progressing. You know, somebody posted a video on on Facebook the other day of, like, DMC talking about why hip-hop now sucks and this, that, and the other. And, and I just couldn't help but think, like, man, I hope I never get like that. Like, no shots at, at DMC, but, like, you know, to say that, that, that the radio is bullshit or shit they play on the radio is bullshit, that was his argument that the radio is bullshit. It just seemed so much like a call for attention. Like, there's no point in being uh, an aging artist and hating on younger artists because the artists that came before you were hating on you. And the artists that came after you revered you, just like you revere the artists that come before you. So there's just no point in... in in spreading hatred about music it's i think it's just more of a thing where it's like if you don't get it you don't get it and it's fine if you don't get it but i I just really hope and i always try to pound this in people's heads on the youtube channel like if you don't like it it doesn't mean that it's objectively not good it means that you subjectively don't appreciate it and it's not for you and there's nothing wrong with that if something doesn't hit your ear the right way that's nothing to be shameful about and it's nothing to like feel shitty about and it's nothing to uh, that you need to project th- that uh distaste or discomfort out into the world just fucking just know that it's not for you and you tried but i would say that oftentimes um particularly with artists that i have on the channel i think like if you give them a chance you're going to see the artistry in it you're going to see the potential because when i say potential a lot of the artists that we do have on are very early in their career and i think that Sometimes there's just nothing wrong with having some fun and throwing on some auto-tune and just, I don't know, man, just don't be a fucking, just don't be a boner on Facebook posting whack shit about why rap sucks. Cause rap doesn't suck, man. If you don't, if you don't like it now, it just, that just means you don't, you're just not 
fucking cool anymore i I think i I don't know how to explain it like it's just like if you don't like rap now then you probably just don't like that you don't actually like the culture you don't actually like youth culture you know what i mean like you don't love old rap because it fucking sounds like you you liked it because it was fucking new and different when you were a kid and it just hit you at the right time and even though you're not you're not a kid now the stuff that that you that's coming out now is new and different it is the definition of like forward progression it is the that is the definition of hip-hop soul of what hip-hop is is like creativity and, and fun and and artistic expression and and progression um so anyway i don't know that's the end of my rant about just staying open-minded um because man shit with autotune sounds dope man i don't understand why the fuck y'all hating all the time god damn uh anyway alan kingdom uh alan kingdom like i said at the beginning he's just someone that i just knew but he was just dope. I like it. I just instantly liked it. He's uh, got vocal range. He can sing. He can rap. He's got great selection in beats. He's got a couple of free projects on Spotify and new stuff coming on the way. He's been touring. He was out here for the Day and Night Fest. And I just have no doubt in my mind that if you're a fan of this show, you're going to like him and you're going to appreciate his music. There's just no denying the kid's talent. So, um, yeah. There's not much more I can say about that other than I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you go to patreon.com slash kind of neat, kick us a couple doll hairs and, uh, yeah, man, new things on the way. We got a bunch of episodes lined up, so I think we're on a roll right now. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Alan Kingdom on kind of neat. Out in LA for what? Mainly shows? Yeah, mainly shows, mainly collabing with people. Yeah. Yeah. Hard traveling, man, now? You ever at home anymore? I'm at home, yeah, but I'm mostly traveling. Yeah. I'm mostly traveling. Yeah, are you having a good time? Yeah, I'm having a great time. Like, this is what I want to do, so. Right. Yeah. When you decided that it's what you want to do, did you think... Did you know that you would enjoy all the side stuff that you have to do? Because making the music is kind of like a pretty minor part of yeah, the career in is. general, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. Like, <clears throat> I didn't know what exactly it would come with, but I had I got to get like a good idea before I was like fully involved. And I don't know. I just feel like I always wanted to travel, and I feel like the lifestyle is part of why I wanted to do it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I always wanted to see the world. Like, I can't. I can't like stand still or anything. Like I always have to be out and about. So it was just I don't know. I felt like it was just made for me to do. Right, and it's kind of nice to travel the world on other people's dime too, or like making money while you do it. Yeah, making money while you do it It gives it a purpose. Makes it feel less like roaming for no reason. Sometimes it just ruins like vacation to vacations because it's like man, if I'm just somewhere not making money or not doing a show then right. why am i there so it's like i'll just be like man i want to go to hawaii but i'm gonna just wait till i do a show in hawaii right. you know what i mean yeah then totally. it's like, it almost kind of feels like you're wasting your time yeah, too yeah it's like a wasted time like i'm not gonna go somewhere if i don't have a show there if i don't have a studio session like because if i love to make music and i love to travel those together are gonna be better than just one of them by by themselves right do you have that busy body feeling where you like always have to be doing something or you get like anxious yeah all the time all the time yeah yeah how do you fight that if you if you aren't busy um man i just 
I don't know. You haven't been not busy probably yeah, in a while. Yeah. Huh? But I, I don't know. I try to I try to get into other things. Like maybe I watch a documentary or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like right. I, I just actually I'm going back to school now just because of that. Really? Yeah, like I'm only taking like a couple classes at a time. Just online? Yeah, just online. Nice. Just online. Just so just so when I'm like feeling anxious, like I have it really bad. You know what I mean? Same. Like I have it where it's like if I'm not doing anything for a couple of hours, like I you know what I mean? I'll just be in a space I don't like. So I literally did it to keep myself like busy. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? right. Like, what uh what kind of classes are you taking? Uh marketing. Nice. Yeah, just generals. That's marketing. useful. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, I was in school for a little bit, but then like my career got so like crazy that at the time I didn't know how to balance it. So I was like, all right, fuck that. I'm just gonna do music. Cause Where, it's like where were you going to school at? Um, St. Paul Community College. Okay. Yeah, St. Paul Tech. Yeah. So I was there for a little bit, but then I started doing more shows, and I didn't know how to balance it. But now I just kind of feel like it's like my lifestyle, so I can slowly add other things that I want to do. You know what I mean? Right. Into it. You know right. what I mean? So You're starting to work out your yeah, schedule a little exactly, more. Exactly. Yeah. It's starting to, at this stage that I'm in, it's starting to become a little bit more like I'm getting used to it, and I'm actually finding gaps. Right. Things you know, you, you got to just adjust. So well, I've been adjusting. And that's the funny thing about a music career is that it does become, it becomes a career and it does become like a job. And at yeah. first, when you start a job, you have a lot of take home stress, yeah. like, oh, this new job, I got to yeah, do yeah, good yeah. at it. And then once you get comfortable in it, you start to like understand your schedule more. Exactly. And like, yeah, you have those moments where there's yeah. downtime. Yeah. And I think people like you, people like me, people like a lot of the world, yeah. it's like when you have that, those idle hands, like the busy brain, yeah. you can't turn it off and you got to find something to fill those voids with. Definitely. Right? And, yeah. and also I did it for like my own sanity kind of too. Cause it's like a lot of times in music, just like artists, I just feel like are, are born with like this weight, you know what I mean? Of always comparing yourself to somebody else or like, you know what I mean? Like there's just this weight of like just being a creative soul in general. Like even if you don't put any music out just being a creative person i just feel like you carry a certain weight with you and like for me it's like for for all of like the the things i didn't like about school and all the negative things like the one positive was that at least if i do the work i know exactly what i'm gonna get right the you outcome. know what i'm saying yeah. i know the outcome and a lot of times in like this type of lifestyle like you can put in hours and hours of work and you know the universe you're gonna get back what you put in but sometimes you never know when you right. know what i mean like you see people work for 10 years just to for their first hit song you know what i mean so it's like you never really you know, so just just to keep yourself sane, it's like, all right, at least if I know if I read this book and then do this test, I get an A plus. Right. You know what I mean? It's right. like just something for me to be like, all right, like I'm I'm I can do that. You a know more predictable like, payoff, yeah, kind of. Exactly. Because yeah, that's the funny thing. The yeah. ironic thing about music is sometimes the harder you work, the less outcome you see. Almost, yeah. or sometimes it's like the most accidental thing can mm -hmm. become the thing you're known for. Yep. It's you mostly know? the songs that like I didn't really try that hard is the ones people like the most. Right, they just pour out. They just of. come out. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like I don't know. It's just about balance. I just like to like balance shit out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Were you always a busy brain kid? Like, did, like I would imagine. I don't know. I'm just guessing, listening yeah. to music and stuff. Did you have like depression issues growing up, and, and you talk about anxiety and stuff? Yeah. Like, yeah, um, yeah. But it wasn't like I wasn't dark. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Like, you got to stay happy. Yeah, positive yeah. It's day. like I was, I was like just a loner more so. I wouldn't say I was like the dark kid with the hood on, right, in the back of the classroom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like you. Know, we all go through depression, but I was more so trying to like let it out by like performing or making other people laugh or do something like right. that you know what i the mean the kind so. of sad clown thing yeah exactly yeah. exactly not to be too on the nose yeah, of minnesota yeah, yeah, no but, but 
Exactly. Yeah, I feel that like a yeah. lot of kids like where where when you are like charming, intelligent, and outgoing, but you do deal with those inner turmoils. Yeah. Like you oftentimes project it outwards into like seeking attention and validation yeah. through humor or music exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So was that you? Were you like a class clown as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Really. Like all the way. What? When do? What do you remember? Like uh, kind of around the age that started. Uh, it's, it was always there. It's always yeah. there. It's like uh, it was like the original problem. Really, like, of my first problem ever going to school was that. Really, like, you know what I mean? Like, and then also I would always get in trouble for like talking during class. A lot of people did. Right. But the thing is, I would be talking during talking time, and my voice just projected louder than everybody else. You have a booming voice. Yeah. So yeah. like, the, everybody would be talking, and then the teacher would just be Alan, and I'd be like, everybody's talking. Why am like, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. So it was almost like it was a blessing in disguise. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, figured that out early about yourself, like the vocal projection. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. Good. Uh, where did you go to school? Um, I went to a couple of schools. The first school I ever went to, uh, well, I, first I got kicked out of like every preschool in Winnipeg in Canada. Because you started out, you born in Winnipeg, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So I got kicked out of every preschool. Why? I was a, I was b- a bully. You're a bully. Yeah, when I was really? a baby, though. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Not when, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But when I, I think I just got all of that out of me when I was, like, a child. No shit. When I was a baby, I was, like, terrorizing other kids. Like, really? Hitting them, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was just, I don't know why, but I got that all out. Are you an only child? Yeah. Oh, only yeah. Child. I was I was raised the only child. I have, like, half-brothers and sisters in South Africa and stuff. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, so, um, so uh, maybe as an only child, you're used to being around adults for your first four years or something. Mm-hmm. And when you Definitely. get around kids, you're like, fuck these little kids. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> No, I don't, I, maybe that's what it was. Right. But even just as a child, I always had older friends. Yeah, You right. know, I was always, like, the youngest in the, in the group. Uh-huh. But um, I went to, I went, the first elementary school I went to was a Christian school called Keystone Christian Elementary School. Yeah. And then, uh, like, going to that school was almost, like, it was good and bad. It was, like, good because I learned such good values. But then it was bad because, like, I expected every, like, the whole world to be like that. Polite you know what I mean? Just polite. Yeah. And, like... Cause I was like a kindergartner, but like the seniors were cool to me and shit. Like it was just, it was just like it was a dope place to be at. Wait, seniors like seniors in high school? It was like K twelve. No way. It was like K twelve. So it was like a tiny little place, or yeah, like, it was small. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. That, it wasn't that big, but yeah. it was like a normal size school. It wasn't like a thirty person school. It was like a normal size school. Really, just kindergarten through twelfth grade. Right, and so you, there's like seventeen year olds walking around with yeah. five year olds. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, huh? it was really. So I had friends of like all ages, yeah. and I mainly would hang out with older people. Right. So like I went there, and then. Uh, I was in like third, fourth grade, and I went to Dalhousie um, Elementary, which is just a public school, and it was like so much easier. Still in Winnipeg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still in Winnipeg. And yeah. Then it was like, I don't know. It was cool. It was the 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 school wasn't as rig- rigorous and shit. It was just like easy. And then and then I moved to Wisconsin, and I think moving is what a lot of times gives people more of a loner type right, attitude. Right, right. it's like, moving around is like, I don't have any child, I don't have any childhood friends that's like, I've known them since I was a kid. Right. And we're still as close now. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know, it's weird, but it's, it's kind of like that. Well, how did your family end up in Winnipeg? Because you say you got half-brothers in South Africa yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So your dad is South African? My dad's South African. Okay. My, my mom's from Tanzania, from East Africa. Okay. Yeah. How did they meet? They met in school. In school yeah. uh, over here or in they Canada? In Canada. In Canada. Yeah. So what was it that made them uh, want to leave Africa to go to Canada? Do you know? Just I like mean, just higher sc- economic power. Yeah. You know, like, just... Yeah. just broaden and expand like you know the family and shit right so and so they meet in school and did so dad already had uh kids in south yeah, africa yeah. okay yeah and so um 
what was Canada like as compared to the States now when you look back? Just a um, more polite place in general? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of like, like the stereotype. Yeah, it is. But it's yeah. like uh, there's less of an edge. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like the U.S. is still such a mecca for the world. Like I feel like it's a good representation of like every country in one. That's what the United States of America is. Right. So you just get like more real life in the U.S. Uh-huh. And uh, and Canada is... Canada is just as diverse, you know what I mean? Like, but it's just different, man. I don't know. Like, it's just different. It's just it's little things too, like little cultural things. Right. And, yeah. My uh, my knowledge of Winnipeg is pretty is uh, pretty limited. Is is it Small a town. is it a French speaking area too or yeah. no? It is. It is. So did you grow up speaking French and English? No, just no? English. Yeah. Do, uh, do your parents speak other languages or no? Yeah, my mom speaks Swahili. That's okay. my first language is Swahili. Really? Yeah. And then. Um, my dad, I'm pretty sure, speaks a couple languages, like Afrikaans, English, and then probably another South African Wow. Language. Can you still speak Swahili? Yeah. That's so dope. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and it, are there little bubbles of African communities in Winnipeg, or were you guys just kind of like yeah. a... Yeah? Mm-hmm. Did like, you, uh, the places like that, like even like Minnesota, yeah. they give like grants and special programs to people in other countries to increase migration uh. so that they have more like economic growth in those areas, because they're so cold that... Nobody else would want to move there. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. I'm from Alaska. It's like the same way we get the dividend mm-hmm. fund. Like they pay people to exactly. live in the, in the state if you're yeah. a resident. Yeah. Um, so what, what were your folks doing in Winnipeg like for work when you were a kid? Um, well, when I was a kid, my mom was just grinding. But right. um, now she's a pharmacist. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah. She's a pharmaceutical scientist. But nice. when I was a kid, she was just grinding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, uh, trying to just getting by, like trying to feed me. And, you know, she did a good job. So. And then what What was the uh, catalyst to move to Wisconsin? Um, her job. She okay. She got a job with 3M. Oh, okay. Yeah, and moved to Wisconsin and then um, moved to Minnesota after that. And so had your parents already split by that time or what? Yeah, yeah. My my dad was my dad told her he was gonna go back to South Africa. Oh. They never got married or anything. Oh, okay. So like I was just like a love child. You know oh, what I'm saying? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, I'm gonna go back to South Africa after school. So he did exactly what he said he was gonna do. Right. And then I just stayed in my mom he was like, You should you could come with me. My mom was like, Nah. Really? Yeah, and then she stayed in with Oh, me. no shit. So yeah. do you go to visit your dad sometimes? I went when I was little. I went like once or twice when I was little, but I haven't really gone back that much. I wanna go again, but I want to do a show. <laughs> you know right. Travel to South Africa yeah, on, the, like, on the show now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you keep in contact close with your dad or no? Not that much. Really? Not, yeah, not that much. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's like it's like a friend that you move. You know what I mean? It's like anybody. When you move far away from them, it's like yeah. we could keep talking, but it'll be awkward. Right, right. <laughs> it's one know. of those things where if you're not talking to somebody on the daily, it's like it yeah. just becomes catch-up sessions yeah, or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You used to hit me on Facebook randomly like, yo, it's good. Or like comment on a song and be like, yo, it's just dope. He's like, know? oh, yo, son, this is fire. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He said, oh, three flame emojis. Yeah. This is like before the whole Kanye thing, too. No he shit. He just hit me randomly and be like, oh, this is funny. That's so tight. Uh, that's it. Yeah, so you guys, so you didn't, your mom didn't have family over here then? No. She had, she had a, one brother in yeah. Minnesota, but that was it. And that was, that was uh, when she moved to Canada, he was already here. So he yeah. was really the first person in my family to come over here. So it's kind of just you two. Yeah. Like, it's just a yeah. tiny family unit. Yep. I mean, that kind of, like, plays into the—just the family unit in and of itself. Is, you guys are a couple of loners almost, so that mm-hmm. kind of almost plays into what you're saying is, like, yeah. growing up a loner, huh? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, I often feel like people's— uh, 
I mean, I talk to a lot of musicians on here and I try to look for themes, you know, yeah. and I feel like, uh, people's family union unit often kind of like dictates how they act social socially, you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. And so like my friends that have big extended families, like they have huge extended friend groups. Yeah. I grew up in a fall, small family yeah. unit too. And so I'm like very picky with who yeah, I choose to hang out with. Too. You feel that's me? That's how I am too. Yeah. And it's like, it's like you kind of raised like that if you're in a small unit. Yeah. It's like, that's just the mentality. So it's like, you know, watch who you you know, bring her around. And right. I just feel like those type of themes are more uh, um, just brought out in a smaller family. Yeah. It's like you have, you have to be more protective. There's right. Less people. Exactly. It's like know? protective yeah. and like it's like getting that trust, that yeah. initial trust to like let somebody into that unit yeah. is like something that takes a lot. Definitely. Whereas like my friends that grew up with these huge extended families, like they'll trust anybody off <laughs> junk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So uh, how was Wisconsin then? How old were you when you moved there? Um, when I moved there, I think I was like uh, ten, yeah, like nine or ten. Yeah, so like you're really starting to come into your own as like a, a social kid, yeah. as a ten year old, and yeah. it's like you, you know, at that point you already understand what's cool and what's not cool, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So like being uprooted at that point, it must have caused kind of a shift internally with you. Yeah, yeah? definitely. It yeah. was like it was it was one of the first times where. It's weird because I grew up, came up in Canada. Mm-hmm. In Canada, when I was like a kid, I, I, at that age, I knew I was African. Mm. But when I moved to Wisconsin, I knew I was black. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's different when you cross the border. Like, right. In, in certain ways like that. Like Even one of my uh, homies that I grew up with in Winnipeg, yeah. when he came over here to one of my shows, Boney Vare had a festival in Wisconsin. Yeah, Eau Claire. Like yeah. Eau Claire yeah, Fest right. um, that, I, that I played last year. Yeah. He was like, man, like as soon as I crossed the border, I, I felt black. Like you know what That's I mean? So like, interesting. And it was just an inter- it's just an interesting concept because all all that says is that it's just all in our heads, right? You know what I mean? It's, right. it's literally just consciousness, and you know. Well, I, I I love kind of discussing that topic because I think race politics in America are like completely fucked right now. Uh, so can you kind of expound on that? Like, as a ten year old, how do you how does that how do you grasp that concept of like, oh, in Canada, I have a national identity. I'm yeah. African. You know what I mean? Or you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm uh, was you just said Tanzanian? Tanzanian? East Africa, yeah, South, it's South African. African. Tanzanian. Just, yeah, right. You know. And then in, in America, now you're just black. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you grasp that as a ten year old? Um. It, it, it took some getting used to because it was like all children, I feel like, are naive to ignorance. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like you just come out naive to ignorance and either because of survival or being led astray or uh, just like personal experiences with other people. Like, then you learn like other people are A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, I feel like. I feel like it was more just survival-wise. I had to learn how someone else may view me. You know what I mean? Being mm-hmm. in, being in the environment I was in, I was like, okay, I have to. I have to moving around to all these cities to keep myself safe. I have to then picture how other people view me in their minds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, do people see me as a cool guy? Do people see me as a threat? Do people see me as uh, lame? You know what I mean? Do they think I'm cool? Like, And you start to have these thoughts at, at like, a hyper level, I feel like, is the more you travel. Yeah. You, and you start to become more sensitive to it and, like, uh, just human body language. You start to, like, understand it more and a lot of things. Even Even me compared to my friends in Minnesota now, I feel like I have the upper hand because they don't travel as much. Right, right. So, like, if I go to, like, Belgium or whether I'm in Texas, I can kind of tell if someone's, like, mad or if something's about to pop off, even though I might not understand really the culture or the language or anything yeah. or something like that. I might just be able to tell by the vibes and the body language. Right. So just moving around helped me do that. And I think it, that's how I, like, kind of grasp, like, being, like, 
the concept of being black. And just kind of like be, the more you travel, the more cosmopolitan you yeah. become, the more uh, attuned to street smarts, really. Yeah, it's street, street smarts. smarts. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, so like, do you have any uh, memories of just shit when you moved to the States where it's yeah. like, whoa, that was that was some racist ass shit yeah. that just happened to me? Um, you know, it would always be like, it would always be after the thought, like somebody right. would just, somebody would say something Somebody would say something, and then I would like think about it. Like at first, like at first, I'd be like, "Oh, cool," but then I would like think about it and be like, "Damn, like that was actually really wrong." What they said, you know what I mean? Right. Or, or um, it was just certain naive, naive things like um, other people always getting something, and then me not getting that thing, and me just thinking like, "Oh, that was just probably by chance." Right. But then it keeps happening, and it's like, "Oh, wait, like." There's a th- there's, there's a, a trend thing, going there's on. There's a trend going yeah. on here. So it, it's just through that, man. Like, wow. Because it's like I remember, I remember like even my mother trying to explain to me, yeah, the concept of like, like, and she didn't even use the word privilege. You know what right. I mean? She's from she's from Africa, so right. I feel like these words are trigger words now that everybody's using. Right. But like, she was trying to explain the concept of how I'd have to work harder for things, right? Because of who I am, and, right? And how I look, etc. And I always felt like. She was just like talking out the side of her ass. Like I thought, you know what I mean. Like I thought right. she was just. Oh, you're just an older person. Yeah, you're just an like older that's person. how you feel. That's, that's not how, how our generation feel. That's is. That's not how we are. Right. But then that just, is how it is. That's how it is. Yeah. And just through getting older, I realized like, man, she was like right. Right. Like you know what I mean. And it's like now she's like, I remember when you used to not think like racism was even a real thing. Right. You know what I mean, or not think anybody would judge you just because you're nice. You know right. What I mean? Right. Like, so th- those type of things like. Came yeah. just through experiences. Because being a being a fucking nice black man in America sometimes doesn't mean shit. Yeah, you know what I'm it saying? Like it does. Like being a nice person doesn't supersede being a black person yeah, in yeah, the states, which yeah. is fucked up. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I always trip on the thought of like African immigrants coming over that don't have the um, familial ties to American just the past of fucking yeah. the history of race or like yeah. the history of slavery and For all that slavery, shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just like having to come to terms with this fact of like. Oh, over here, that's just I'm just over here. I'm just a black person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that, like your whole history gets erased or Definitely. something. It's so fucked. Uh, anyhow, okay, yeah. sorry. I always end up going it's on race good. rants. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, in Wisconsin, by the time you get there as a ten year old, and you're already kind of like this loner kid, uh, do you start uh, noticing your own creativity in hindsight? Like, uh, were you into like creative shit that you don't think other kids were into at that age, or like what did you do to kind of like fill your time? Um, draw. I drew a lot. Yeah. Um, I write poetry a lot. Like, I remember I would, like, just rap in class and stuff. Oh, you already started rapping? Yeah, yeah, then? I was rapping. I oh, was yeah. rapping, but then, like... Like, um, me- memorizing other people's songs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, the funny thing is, I'm probably a good 10 years older than you, and I, and I used to do the same thing when yeah. I was 10. I would memorize people's raps and, like, rap them to my friends, and they thought it was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. They just thought it was dope to do it. Like, right. can you do this song? Like, can you, you know, right. I was just learning and doing. Like, memorizing a song, uh, somebody else's song back then was like a very, uh, was like a very uh, novel f- trick that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, people, people were like, were like Whoa, wow. you, you memorized yeah, that? It's yeah, it's crazy. They're like, you know the old song? Right, right. It, it felt cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did your mom have a lot of friends or no? Um, when we were in Canada, she did. Yeah. And then as we moved around, the friend group got smaller and smaller. Same with me. Yeah. Like in, when I was coming up, like in Canada, I had a lot of friends. You know what I mean? We we were stayed in this apartment building, and there was other like African immigrants staying in the apartment yeah. building and Asian, a lot of African and Asian people, and uh, 
like my mom got me a Nintendo so I would make friends because right. I would always be by myself. Yo, having a Nintendo was the key back yeah. then to like having friends. Because no one else had one. No right. other kid had one in the building. Hell so my yeah. mom was like, I'm going to get him this so that other kids will come over here and play with him. Right, and right. So like I had the most friends then, but moving around, like I had less and less friends. I feel like it's the same with her too. Like, I don't know. Being well. that she's a single parent raising you with a job, like, did were you a latchkey kid growing up? Yeah, like, yeah, you'd go yeah. home and be by yourself? Yeah, I'd go home and be by myself. Yeah. What, uh, what would you do at home? Watch TV and shit? Watch TV. Yeah. Um, you, watch music you? videos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, dance. I would literally do every every type of thing, like, everything that you could do creatively, like, yeah. draw, write, dance, write stories, write poetry, write, like, I would just fill my time with anything. Yeah. Like that. And then after a while, I started sewing clothes. Like, that was after no I got from, like, junior high and stuff. Yeah. Like, going to the thrift store and finding stuff and sewing it and, like, just anything I could do to, like, fill my time up. That's real dope, the yeah. designing your own clothes shit. Yeah. How'd you learn how to sew? Uh, just YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and just doing my, like, I was just, like, experimenting, really. Right. I would try it on the pants with, like, the leg. My foot wouldn't fit, and then i have to, like, take it apart and do it again. Yeah. It's just, like, trial and error. Yo, that's really dope. Yeah. Uh, man, I wish that I would have came up, like, when YouTube tutorials were around. I feel like I would have mad skills at this point. Yeah, that's how I can, to make beats, too. You can learn how to do anything with yeah. YouTube. It's amazing. Um, when did you guys move from Wisconsin? Um, I think I was in sixth grade. And that's when you get to Minnesota? Yeah. And I feel like most grade. people know you as like a Minnesota, Minnesota dude, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my coming of age is in Minnesota. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I was a kid when I was in Minnesota. You know what I mean? I'm in my early 20s. So it's yeah. like, that, that's where I spent most of my life. And so uh, when you get to Minnesota, you got moved to Minneapolis or St. Paul? St. Paul. And are they kind of the same city? Like, they're they sister are. cities. Now they're, they're sister cities, yeah. 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 And so... Um, I don't, yeah, what's St. Paul like? Um, very chill. Yeah. Um, when I moved there, it was like, I don't know, there wasn't much going on, like, just a chill city. It's like any other, it's like any other metropolitan area. You yeah. know what I mean? It has yeah. its good parts, it has its bad parts, like, yeah. It's one of those cities. It, I think, is Minnesota, like, kind of surprisingly diverse? Yeah. Like, people think that it's just Minnesota, they just think mad white people, but I feel like, I feel like, uh, yeah. Minneapolis is pretty fucking diverse. It has the highest Somalian population in the U.S. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so, another group, and uh, Hmong people, like, so, uh, there's a lot of Vietnamese people there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's pretty diverse. Yeah, and good art scene there too. Yeah, yeah? definitely, I, definitely. I'm, I mean, it's no secret. I, I actually came up listening to like tons of Minnesota rappers, obviously, and I won't ha I won't bore you with questions about like, oh, how did the how did they influence you? I'm sure yeah, you get yeah. those so much. But I mean, there is a astounding music scene there. Prince, yeah. you know, there's a there's a big heritage of, definitely. of, of, it's, it's of there, music. It's there. There's something there. Like, right. You know, it's definitely not an empty city. And so being that when you got there, I would assume you already loved music. Mm -hmm. Were you able to kind of like get out and find your people there? You know what I mean? Like find other music lovers? Not at first. Because yeah. at first, like, I was still, I was just, I was consuming just mainstream hip hop for a while. Yeah. Like who? Um, like Nelly, <laughs> no, hey, Nelly's you know what I'm amazing. Like, like he gener he influenced the generation. That's what bro. I mean. It's yeah. like it's like like that. Like Pharrell. I mean, can we keep it 100? I think without Nelly, like the modern style of sing songy rap would not be as prevalent no, today. Like you can really trace back that sing songy yeah, rap a lot yeah. to like it's his first record. Yeah. yeah, that came out in '99. Like nobody was doing that. Yeah, yeah. So anyhow, go ahead, Nelly. Yeah. Who else? Um, Outcast, like mm. Ludacris, um, right. I remember the 
uh, first CD I ever had was West Side Connection. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I used to love that uh, West Side Connection. They used to call everybody Guppies. Yeah. I thought Guppies was like the hardest. I need to I need to listen back to it again, to be honest, because when I got it, I was too young to even understand. Right, it. right. And I, I don't know why my mom bought me that CD. Yeah. Either. And then I got uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. Oh, that yeah. was was that a big one for you? Yeah, yeah. That was definitely a big one for me, too. Yeah, hell yeah. Those two. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're in Minnesota. Well, uh, also, like how you just always lived in cold areas, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's another thing. Do you ever want to get out of cold areas? Yeah, all the, yeah, in winter. Yeah. But now, like, for the past, like, for this last year and this year in the winter, I just been coming here to really? LA. in LA. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I've just been cheating it, kind of. Yeah, yeah. You're like a snow bunny now. Yeah, you just like migrate or snowbird. You migrate for the winter and shit. Like, but at the same time, if I stayed in a place where it was always warm all the time, I feel like it freaked me out. Why? I don't know. I'm just so used to my life being in seasons. Yeah, I'm used to this happening this season, like fall season. Like you know, you find a girl. To like to cuddle up with, C- to cuff cuffing up, season, cuffing season. Yeah, but it's not necessary here. Like, right, you know what I mean? that's so, a big problem. So it, it's it's like, yo, cuffing season does not exist here. It it's always exist. player season. It's always player season. Yeah. It's just like I'm just used to like going through that. Yeah, but I don't know. You know what's funny, man, is that I, I grew up in a place, in a climate, like I said, in Alaska, where the, it's probably not that different from Minnesota. Like yeah. you guys actually might have even shorter winters than we have, which might mm-hmm. seem astounding. That's but crazy. uh I. You know, once I moved down here, I didn't miss it for a long time. Like, the seasons, I didn't miss it. I'm like, yo, I'm down with it always being 72 and sunny. Like, this is perfect. Yeah. But now uh, that I've, like, really established, okay, California's home. I've been here for over 10 years. It's like, sometimes I miss the snow, and now I find myself, like, going to do activities in the snow here just because yeah. I miss it, which is funny. Because I never would have thought after those winters that I would want to. Definitely. But anyhow. Uh yeah, how do you cope with the snow in the winters there? Did you guys did you have like wintertime activities? Stay in a studio. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I, I I tried snowboarding once. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, but it's just like so expensive and stuff. Right, but we, uh, basketball is a hella popular in Alaska because like indoor sports are very oh, popular. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, did you grow up playing sports at all? Uh, yeah, I tried. <laughs> I tried <laughs> football and basketball. Not an athlete, but nah, it really? wasn't my thing. It was mainly like, like. I could do the things like I could run as fast as I, you know, I could run, I could jump, I could yeah. do all that shit. But it was just like all at the same time wasn't really my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like I liked activity and I still do like to move around and I love yeah. like physical activity. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I'm not. I just don't really care that. How, how did you feel uh, in a team environment at being that you're like kind of a loner? Like, did, were, was a team environment conducive to your mentality? No, not it, at all. Right. And then, and then like. Just like the ranking of the player, like it wasn't my type of thought right. process of how I thought. Like, isn't it funny how? But earlier you talked about that artistic competitiveness. You know what I mean? That I yeah. think a lot, and I think a lot of artists do yeah. thrive on that competition. Yeah. Wh- it, like whether it's that internal competition of always trying to one up yourself, yeah. or also like seeing like, oh damn, my homie just went in on yeah. this. Like I need to step my shit up. Yeah, definitely. That type of competition as well. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes that just doesn't translate over to like the yeah. kind of arbitrary sports competition. I don't know why. I don't know why because there's so many similarities. Now that I'm older, there's so many similarities to it too. Yeah, as much as differences, but just something about it didn't rub me the right way. Like the type of the certain type of competition it was, the fact that it was like solely numbers. Yeah, it, I don't know. I, I, it wasn't really attractive to me. Like I'm, it wasn't. 
I'll bet you you would have liked skateboarding. Yeah, that, that's a very I tried like to. really. And now I know how to skate. I can't do tricks. Yeah, but it was a little too late. Like, right. I feel like if you skate, you got to start. Like, you got to pick young. that up yeah. young because you got to start fearless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I look at a skateboard now and I just see broken bones. Yeah. Like that's it. <laughs> it's like I'm. I don't know. I don't need to be learning tricks and then right. miss out on a show and then right not get paid. Like, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, being that like you've already got a, a, an actualized music career as such a young dude, I would imagine that you probably started taking it serious and making music a lot earlier than than most of your peers. Like, what? What you say? You spent a lot of time in the studio as a kid. What age were you getting in the stu- studio? I was. Gonna, I got in the studio for the first time. Um, I think I was thirteen. That that young? Yeah, it was a church studio. Uh did you guys? You grew, You said you went to Christian school. Did you grow up pretty religious? Um, yeah, kinda. My mom got more religious as I got older. Yeah. Um, did you take to it? At first, I did. When yeah. I was like young, like younger, younger, like I really, I really did. But then as I got older, I just kind of like, I don't know. I just became more of an independent thinker. Right. I guess. Right. Um, but yeah, it was. I started recording in the church, uh-huh. and it was cool because I got like to learn. Um. How to record and stuff, but the thing I didn't like about it was that I couldn't like say everything I wanted to say. You had to self censor because yeah. you're in a church. Yeah, because I'm in a church. Right. So that, who were the people guiding you in the church? Was it like church elders and shit, or like you yeah, know people my, that work yeah. there? Yeah. My mom and her friend. Um, that's that he played guitar. He's a really talented musician. Yeah. But he played every instrument and would play like all the instruments on his album and stuff. So they'd be there in the studio with you. <laughs> yeah. and your mom would be watching and shit. Yeah. So I'd have a notebook and I have to cross out certain words. Right. And yeah. was it, I mean, you have a great voice. Like we already talked about the, the boomy, the boominess of your voice, but also you have a great singing voice. Thanks. So yeah, you're welcome. So did you already know you could sing at that age or were you trying to rap mainly at that age? I was mainly trying to rap. Yeah. But I still did like melodic stuff. Yeah. But when, when I was like in Canada and stuff, I would sing. I didn't rap at all really. Like singing in the church? Not in no? the church, but just singing. I would just yeah. be singing like R&B songs. Okay, word. Yeah. Um and yeah, so what were your first songs like? You said over acoustic guitar or what? Um, no, it was hip hop beats. Yeah, yeah, it was hip hop beats. The first songs. Um, I remember I had this song called "It's All Me." That yeah. was the first song I ever recorded, uh-huh. and it was like me just. I was so young. Like now that I, like I had artwork for it and everything. I'm pretty sure my mom still has it. But I, I was well, just, I hate to tell you, we actually found it online. We're gonna play it right now. No, I'm just. Kidding. I was gonna <laughs> say that's crazy. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. Um, <laughs> but no, I haven't heard it in a minute. But yeah, it was just me like talking about. Everything I liked. Yeah. 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 You're like, oh, I got this Nintendo. Yeah, no. yeah. It's like, it's talking about my favorite foods. And- right. Um, did you make the beat or did you find the beat? No, How'd you do no, it? No, we made it in the studio together. Yeah. Me, uh, me and uh, my mother's friend. Yeah. And yeah. And that first time, I mean, did you, did it just like, did you know that was it? Yeah, that first time he was like, man, like I thought, th- like that first time it was like a genuine reaction of him just playing around recording a kid and then me actually writing lines and like make writing a song and he was like i didn't know that was gonna happen i thought you were just gonna like i was just recording you just because you were like all right i want to record right you know what i mean so that's when i I knew like oh okay then i should just keep doing it And so you wrote it on the spot yeah oh man that's dope hell yeah and so uh do you show anybody do you show your friends yeah yeah yeah. definitely i played them i played it for all of them my mom would like make cds and give it to my friend's parents and they play it for their kids and oh sick so your mom was like supportive of it yeah that's dope yeah that's really good yeah and uh do you start to like kind of build uh some legend around yourself at your school like our kids like oh fucking alan that's the rapper yeah definitely that's dope that's how i became especially like when i started going to school in the suburbs too yeah because it was like at that time it wasn't like 
kids were just trying to rap. I mean, they were, but it was like it's not like it's not like they had. There was still a separation of the home studio. Uh-huh. Like that wasn't in a full effect completely yet. Like right. some people had it, but it wasn't how it is now. With right, the, with like, the iMac and everything. The democracy of recording right. has become like anybody with an iPhone can make a rap album. Now. Exactly. Yeah. So if you were if you had recorded songs at school, it was like. You were very serious about what you did, right? You know, so and how does that translate socially? Like our kids, like, "Yo, man, you should play my birthday party" or anything like that. People just asking me to rap right away. You know what I mean? It wasn't really like that. It was just like people like, "Oh, can I hear that?" Can I? Some people, some kids would buy my CDs and stuff. Yeah, it was cool. And so, uh, did it help with the ladies at all? Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> it's, wonderful. It's, it's a point of topic, a conversation, you right? Know easy I mean? starting yeah. point. Yeah. Um, did it did it become a distraction from schoolwork? Was it like the only thing you would start to think about after a while? Yes. Yeah. That's what ha- that's what started happening. Is like I was fine in school, and then my mom was supportive of it. Supportive of it until I started to exceed it, excel in music mm-hmm. more than school. Oh right. You know what I mean? That became your only that, concentration. That became the only thing that I could think about. And then it was like, man, maybe I should take this away. That's that what she said. Really, that's yeah. that was her thought process. But then that didn't work. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean if you try to take it away, you're just gonna like find ways to sneak yeah, it probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, so did it get to like real bad to where you're like failing classes and shit like that, or just kind of like your teachers would notice that you were distracted? It failed like one or two classes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um I've always like been like a distracted student. Right. I did my work, you know what I mean, and and I would pass. But I've I've always been thinking about something else other than being in the classroom. Right. That's why I was saying earlier, like I feel like hopefully this is the right way for me to go back into where school, you can do it online, on your own time, on my own time, on, yeah. on the plane, like right. when I wake up, just because I do like to learn new things. You know right. what I mean? But do, do you feel like school came too easy, maybe, and that's why it was like you kind of just like burned it off, or was you know I think so. Yeah. It was like. It was like, it came so easy, and it's like, I would go home with certificates and stuff, and my mom would be like, oh my gosh, right. and it's just like, but I don't feel like I did anything. Right, it's like, well, this doesn't matter, it was yeah. so easy. Yeah, and when I was in, in Canada, I actually skipped a grade. Oh, yeah. But then, when I came over here, um, the school system was different. So, so it didn't translate. I, it didn't translate. But, right. um, yeah, like, it, it came extremely easy. It was not challenging. And right. I remember, like, even as a child, telling my mom, like, I, I don't, I'm bored in class, like, and that's kind of the beautiful thing about finding your passion in music is that it becomes it becomes something that feels so natural, but it also is something that can be completely challenging yeah. while, while you push yourself on your own terms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what's like what's your first big break thing that happens then? I would say like my first my first big break thing was probably. Man, I don't know. I still feel like I haven't. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I know you, yeah, I'll tell yeah, you, yeah, it yeah. never feels like yeah. the break comes. Yeah. It, it never feels like the break comes. Like you're always going to be pushing yourself. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But when you look back now, you have to be like, oh yeah, this like. I think, I think when I when I made the video for Evergreens and dropped it, and it was like, that was like the radio in my town was playing no it, way. and like kids would, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the kids were like, oh, how old damn. were you when that happened? I was 18, I think. Yeah. That's young, dude. I didn't know that you were eighteen. I thought you were older than that. Watching the video, I mean, that's the one that made me be like, "Oh, this Alan Kingdom is problem." That's I am wonderful. I always forget my ages too at certain times. So I might have been nineteen. I might have been twenty. I might have been It's eighteen through twenty. Sometime from eighteen to twenty. Right. Well, so what happened? Like you graduated high school. Yeah, yeah, graduated high school. But you're already putting out tapes before that. Yeah. How were they get? Were they spreading around locally? Um. Yeah, in the city. Yeah, in the city. So were you playing shows while you're in high school? Mm-hmm. How's that? That was cool. Um, I would just, 
Like, it wouldn't be, like, the suburbs where I was staying at. It would mainly yeah. be in the city. Like, these kids in the city were listening to me. What are the suburbs around there? Uh, like, Woodbury. I went to Woodbury High School and, like, uh, Anoka. And, like, did, had you, a lot of them. Did you guys, more suburbs than cities. You like, guys moved out of St. Paul into the suburbs? Yeah. yeah. What yeah. was the difference there? Like, did it? Did, was it a different environment, kind of? Yeah, very different. Like, extremely different. Because the school I went to was, like, all types of kids yeah. in St. Paul. Very diverse. Like, kids from everywhere. Yeah. But then when I went to the suburbs, it was just white people. And how? Did, what was the contrast for you, in like, internally? Or, like, what did you notice about going to a mainly white school? A predominantly white school? Um, I noticed that, like, there's so many advantages. Like, there's there's a lot of shit that had I not went there, because the education level was so much higher. Really, you know what I mean, like, yeah. so there's a lot of shit that if I hadn't studied at like schools that nice, I wouldn't know, and that's just like scary to think about because right. I because I was you know what I mean because I, I could have gone to another school. You right, know what I mean, I mean, you know, the thing about the the systematic oppression in the states that people don't realize, and and like you know you're it's almost it's like lucky that you got to see both sides yeah. of that coin because you get to be aware of it but like some people don't believe that there's like this this yeah, vast yeah. difference no but, it's a huge difference right it's a huge and then the other thing i realized was that but in that environment of that higher level of education there was still like a high amount of ignorance right so it was like it was just like there was good and bad of both places. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? And it's kind of just like you got to choose what type of good and what type of bad you want to be around. Right. Really? Like, it's like, you know, it's, it's like I just felt in this kid in the city, people were just more street smart. And you know what I mean? And in, in the suburbs, it was like flipped. It was like people were less of that, but had higher academic and book smarts. And book smarts. You How know? did your social life change between living like in the city in St. Paul and then in the burbs? I felt like I felt like in the city I could blend in more. Yeah. Of being a, a different person, like being a caricature and being like creative and being different. Was and it, I felt like in the suburbs it was harder to uh to not stick out like even whether you liked it or not, you were gonna like you right. know Right. You can't blend yeah, in there yeah. because everybody's a bunch of fucking white people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. But was there more to do in, in Saint Paul than there is in the Burbs? Um Kinda. Yeah. Kinda. It's the same stuff. When when you're a kid, it's the same thing. Right, right. When you're older, it's like things start to you you know, you start going out and stuff, but when you're younger, it's like the same things you ride on your bike. Right. You know. When is it that you get your first show in, in the city? My first show was actually a show that I put on myself that I rented the venue. And what? I was... It, 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 was it in Minneapolis? Minneapolis, Minneapolis yeah. yeah. What venue but was But before it? that, yeah, I ahead. was just doing shows off Craigslist. Oh. I, I would like... Me and my friends would just be like, who needs someone... Us to... Like, who needs performers? And I would just go perform my music, like, wherever. That's random. dope. Like, like, what kind of weird places did you perform at? The weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest place I performed at was, um, the weirdest place I performed at was, uh, uh, like, drug... It was, like, out in the middle of the farm, like, a farm place. Yeah. It was, like, um, drug recovery addict group. Right. Meeting. Like a halfway home thing. Like, or, or, like, a, a meeting? A meeting. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, a home. It was, yeah. like... They all came from the cities and would go out there and they were like grown, like grown people. Like this wasn't like, uh, like for teenagers and right. shit, like recovery. It was just like grown people. And uh, I remember <laughs> seeing one of my teachers there. No way. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, damn. She was. A, it's like for like the worst of the worst addicts, and right? Like, who have recovered and are really serious and are on a on the track to like do better and shit. Yeah. But it was just I was so and young at the time. Teachers there. 
Yeah. That's crazy as fuck. They, oh, well, like, made a pig. They roasted a pig and stuff. Was, how many other people played? Was it, like, a was it like a whole day of performances or no, just you? it was just, like, me and, that's like, so crazy. my DJ friend that, like, spun. And that's it? Yeah. Was it awkward? Yes, it was very awkward. But it was, like... At the time, we were like, we were having a show. People are dancing. People, yeah. They were just happy to be off drugs. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So, um, how do you, do you, do you like performing? Yeah, I love it. Is it. What's your favorite part of music? Is it the, the studio stuff or the performing or the traveling? What is it? Um, I'd have to say probably the studio. Yeah. Probably the studio. Right, right. Coming up with ideas. You know what I mean? Like, just coming up with the idea. And, like, especially when you have something that you know is, yeah. like, man, like, I just know this one is going to do something for me. You know? Right. Like for, for for other people. Like, that feeling is, like, dope. Like, when you first leave the studio and you have that song, there's no other feel. Like, every day after that, the feeling gets diminished every single day. Right. And then when you release it, it's new to everybody else, but then it's already it's old already to you. It's already old to you. You get that feeling when you release a song where it's, like, Oh, you guys like this? This is like my joint I made a year ago. Yeah, Wait exactly. till you hear the shit that I'm working on yeah, now yeah, kind of yeah. shit. That's or the, it's like, I just released this now because I'm working on some other right. shit that I've been working on for three months. Yo, how about, like, yeah, the funniest thing about music videos is that by the time the music video comes out, like, you're already so over the outfit you were wearing yeah. and shit. It's like, it's like the day you're wearing it, you're like, oh, I'm fucking yeah, styling on fools. And then by the time it comes out, you're like, I can never wear that outfit again. Yep. But now I'm going to see people dressing like this and yeah. they don't realize that's the old shit. Yep. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's, that's that's the funny part about releasing music because it's always old to you. Yeah. Uh, your first show in the city, did anybody like? Were, did it? Did it? Did it do well? Yeah, it sold out. Nice. You know, it was at this coffee. It's just like a little coffee house. Yeah. But, like all the kids came and stuff. And yeah. It was good, man. And being that Minnesota, I mean Minneapolis, St. Paul, they are like big hip hop cities, and they do have like a heritage of established rappers. Like, how long was it until you started hearing like? Voices from within the scene being like, yo, Alan Kingdom, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's he's one of us type of shit, you know what I mean? Or, um, like, not one of us, but, like, he's the truth type of shit. It was mainly, like, the press. Really? That, yeah, it's like, people talk shit about the press, and it's like, they can't be bad, but yeah. it was mainly, like, the press saw, like, just, like, the, the youth of the city, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, listening to my music and stuff. Yeah. There was never really, like, there was never really, like, um, any rapper, anybody to, like, earlier on to be like, yo, like... You know, welcome. Like co-signing <laughs> yeah, co yeah. or anything like, like that? Co-signing. It, right. it was always like just through me putting out music and yeah. like just different people like supporting. It's know? kind of a funny thing now. Um, local scenes have become kind of diluted just because the internet is so yeah. everything yeah. now. You know, like so I remember the first time I saw you was on Pigeons and Planes and I, it was probably the Evergreen video and I was just kind of like, Oh, like the like you you already seem like you had a fully developed voice. You yeah. know what I mean, like literally and figuratively. And, and so uh, it's almost like as soon as you can catch on locally, you're already catching on nationally. Yep. Almost right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? Like, were there other kids that you were coming up with? Um, at the time, it were just like other creatives. You know what yeah. I mean? Other kids that were trying to make beats. Other kids that was trying to. But everyone seriously was in like the recent years, right? Like Bobby Raps and Spooky and yeah. They because you guys always, went on to form the standard, but you yeah. guys didn't come up together. No, nah, right? no, nah, they they were doing their other weird creative shit the same time I was on their own. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
they were all, you know, doing their own stuff. Like, Spooky had already had tracks up on SoundCloud from before. Being yeah. From when he was 15, 16. And, yeah. you know, we were all kind of doing the same thing and then met at the right time. Were you aware of each other, though, as like, oh, there's this kid over here in the city Bobby. doing this? You knew about Bobby. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was it. Yeah. Um, and I think Bobby knew Simon or... I don't know how exactly everyone else knew each other, but Bobby knew Spooky before me. Yeah. And I'm not sure how Simon got in the mix, to be honest. I think right. I think Bobby knew I think Bobby knew him or I think Spooky knew him. Yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, so So now now you're a nationally touring act, I'm sure you have mm-hmm. like booking agents and all that yeah, stuff yeah. and you're you're not at home as much, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But like when you go home, do you feel as though there's like a warm reception for you? Like it's like a homecoming. Definitely, you know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause it's like right now, like my DJ Tip, he puts on a lot of the shows in the city. Right. Not only does he play them, but he books artists and like he does right. a lot of shit, shit just like for the city. We just, we put together stuff just culturally to keep it alive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, meeting him on Sunday, he seems like a good dude to have in your corner. Like yeah. that's a, that's a real like, uh, I mean, dude, talk, busy mind. I'm sure he's one of those. Like, he Definitely. seems like he's always got his hands in something and is a, yeah. is a strong creative. Yeah. So yeah. he's a, he's a good person to have around. So yeah. just us being there and like having putting that light on the city, you know, it's definitely, I feel like when I go back, I feel like it was felt that I was gone. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so Northern Lights, how long has that been out now? Um, it's been out seven months. Oh, oh, for a minute. So yeah. you probably got something soon then yeah yeah, yeah. when is it, like i you don't have to like spill yeah, release yeah, dates or yeah. anything but like how, how's the process going like of working on new shit are you happy with what you've been working on definitely like um i think like after you put stuff out yeah. you have like a good gauge of um what people respond to and what people like etc yeah. so you just get better what are you starting to learn about your fan base and what they think of you like what do they react to more of your types of songs um, I feel like, I feel like they react to like, they react to like heartfelt things. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even if it's like a turn up song, even if it's something like, I just feel like everybody <clears throat> that like really pays attention to me is like really human. You know what I mean? That's like, a good, that's a good word to describe. I would- so it's like, I feel like, I feel like they react to things that they're like, that just hit them in the chest. Like, right. Well, listening to your music, I think that's one of the things that stuck out to me is that even from such a young age, you seem very comfortable in your skin and you do um, have a very human perspective. And even on songs where you're uh, with the braggadocio, it still seems relatable. You know what I mean? And so I would imagine that your fan base and following kind of... um, appreciate those human songs Mm. now the thing uh when you gather those type of fans um i I wonder uh, do you ever feel like you're gonna feel pressured um to like stay superhuman like here's the thing when you get these fans that are like real hip-hop fans you almost feel stuck in this like oh i have to be like the real hip-hop bubble even though like keep it 100 it's fun to just make some fucking dumbass turn-up shit sometimes you know do you ever feel trapped in do do you ever fear that you might get trapped in that kind of box um, not really, like, cause I feel like the people, I feel like, um, I feel like the, like, people who listen to my songs aren't always, like, really, like, hip-hop head type people. Right. Cause when I was, like, coming up, those type of people didn't really like me in the first place. Really? Yeah, like, I don't, I didn't really get, like, you know, now they do, but yeah. at the time, like, it's kind of like I had to prove myself. Yeah. And I didn't really like that. But, I don't know, like, I think that, 
I think that they, that they can just tell I want to have fun too. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like at the end of the day, like the the main thing with my music is like happiness. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like whether that comes in me telling you a story about how I was happy or me literally just being happy on a beat. Right. Like, I don't. I don't think it should matter. Right. And if it does, that just means they don't understand me well enough. And but in time they will. So, right. Yeah. Um, this might be this line of questioning might be a little bit inside baseball um, as far as like audience might not uh, relate to this, but mm. I feel like maybe you, you will understand. Uh, I think like hearing your type of music, it is so kind of distinct and kind of left of of a lot of stuff that's happening right now, mm-hmm. um, and and unique. It, like you, yeah. your music is strongly unique, and I and I think that's why I'm drawn to it, and that's why I, I appreciate it. Um, that being said, it can be very tough uh, being an opening act, like when you're when you do have that different of a sound, particularly compared to like what's really, really popular yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. So, um, I, th- I, and I don't know this for certain, but I feel like you're probably at a point in your life where when you're getting spot dates, you're, you're maybe like a direct support for a bigger act. Yeah. Is, is that what's going yeah, on? That's usually what it is. Do you find it being an uphill battle trying to like win over these fans that are here to see somebody else or like that, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is. But it makes you stronger too. Yeah. But I'm at the point where I'm probably going to be doing that less. You know right. what I mean? Moving forward. But like this this year, I just feel like it was it was kind of mandatory that I did that. Absolutely. You have to leave that skin in the game. Exactly. And you and and it is important to know what's going on. Right. And to know what people respond to. Right. And it's like whether you choose to use it or not use it, it's at least you have that knowledge. Of right. Like, all right, like maybe like. Maybe I'm gonna spit over this beat that I usually wouldn't spit over, but I'm gonna just talk about my life over this. Right. People would like it more if I just talked about my life over this beat instead of that one. Right. And I feel like as an artist, like making those type of decisions is is good. You know what I mean? Well, the other thing, uh, your music is very kind of thinky. Like yeah. a lot of it is is thinking music. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and a lot of it is very like word heavy. Like yeah. you, I mean, you say a lot of yeah. words when you rap, mm-hmm. obviously. And so. Um, I would imagine that you're in a place right now where people who are seeing you perform for the first time might be like standing still or like not reacting as much as you want them to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I just want to say like, uh, they're probably listening. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to remind yourself like, Oh no, they're not like not reacting. They're just trying to like take it in and and absorb it. You know, that's what, that's what I've got. Like a lot of the times, honestly, like people will, there's some there's some shit where they'll just go crazy, but then there's other things where they'll just stand there and like I gotta remind myself like oh they're just listening. Right. When I look at them, it's not like they don't like it. They're literally just listening to somebody. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, and um, sometimes, honestly, in the position you're at, that can be the best compliment. Yeah. Because uh, standing there and listening intently, intently is much better than like walking out. Yeah. Or exactly. you know what I mean? Like talking amongst yourselves. Mm-hmm. Like if Definitely. people are listening intently, it's because yeah. they're trying to absorb you. Because it's a lot to absorb. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just wrap it up with kind of like if you I, I mean I want to I want to say first and foremost like I'm avoiding um the normal kind of questions yeah. about you that I feel like most people would do. So if you guys are interested listening um uh if you guys listening are more interested in like reading other stuff about Alan, I'm sure like if you just Google yeah. Alan Kingdom, yeah, it'll, it'll all be your there. all your questions about Kanye will be there, yeah. all your questions about Spooky Black and Bobby mm-hmm. Raps and the Standard will be there. Yeah. That shit's on the internet. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we did a good job getting into some other shit, hopefully. Yeah, and um so now just like uh, I, w- I would love to hear anything about like 
uh, what you're working on now that Northern Lights has been out mm-hmm. there for for a minute, which is crazy that it's only seven months old, yeah. and that seems like in in yeah. modern days yeah. it's like, oh my god, you better hurry up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, do you feel those footsteps to like put new shit out all the time? Yeah, I always it's like I get anxious when I don't, you know yeah. what I mean. But I don't know. I think I think more people will like my new music. Yeah, um, I think that like it'll be way more. When I was thinking about being human, you know what I mean. Yeah. I think I think that like my new stuff, I just have like songs for every situation. Yeah, I got songs like you know what I mean. Like yeah. when I'm out partying or because I'm not just by myself thinking in a room all day. Right, you know what right, I mean. Right, so, right, right, right. So just just showing you that is just me showing you like the purest form of me. But right. like you know what I mean. I think it's like time for people to like see every side. Right. So totally, man. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, I look forward to hearing some some more music from Thanks. you. I've enjoyed the projects you put out so far. I'm th- thankful and gracious that you guys came in. Um, so where can the people find you online? Um, they can find me on Twitter at uh, A-L-L-A-N, Allen, K-N-G-D-M. Uh, on Instagram, I am Allen Kingdom. Uh, Facebook.com. Yep. I am Allen Kingdom. Uh, One of those Snapchat. dudes, though, with the strong SEO where it's like if you Google Allen Kingdom, yeah. thankfully yeah. you're going to find him. So. find it. SoundCloud. Yeah. And uh, all of his music is available on Spotify pretty much. Or like mm-hmm. to the, the, at least the main tapes are, yeah, are yeah, available on stuff. Spotify for free streaming. So you guys can check those out. Um, highly recommended. And you just put out a new video a little bit ago, didn't you? Yeah, the, I put the, out uh, this video for Fables Up Northern Lights. And then I just put out a new song like three days ago. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah Fables. The, vi- the, be- the video is very beautiful. Shot yeah. in Jamaica. Yeah. Uh, you guys can go listen to Ham on Everything Radio. We talked about the video on there. Okay. So that being said... Thank you for coming in. No problem. This is the part where I start spewing my social media. If you're still listening, my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. Follow my man, Ben Shim, behind the boards, making the shit sound buttery, at I am database, based with two S's. Follow us as a unit at Kinda Neat. And uh, go to YouTube.com slash Kinda Neat, where you can see last week's guest, Cause, performing. You can see our old videos with Caliucci's or, or, you know, whoever, Whoever you guys like, you will probably find on there. Go check out the videos. Um, go to patreon.com slash kind of neat and pledge a dollar per episode. That's basically buying me a cup of coffee every month. Just do that. If you if this is a part of your weekly routine, then go do that. If you are just here to listen to Alan's interview, welcome. I'm glad that you came. I hope that you stick around. We have hundreds of other uh, interviews for, for you to listen to. Uh, remember to download that podcast app, search uh, for Kinda Neat on there, subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and tell us who you want to see on the show. And other than that, I think we did what we came to do. That was Alan. My name is Lee, and this was Kinda Neat. Kinda Neat.